Hey, this is Eric from Catching Light. Hey, this is Hemp. Hey, this is Glenn. Hi, I'm Steve-O. Hey, this is Drew Hines with Hindsight Imagery. This is Matt Callahan and Digimati Photographic Services. Hey, this is Jason, and welcome to Tales from the Pit. Welcome to Tales from the Pit, the behind-the-lens access for concerts and photography. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is Shelby Hansen, and he is the touring manager for Pop Evil and touring tech for several other bands as well. Shelby, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for being here. To get us started off, can you give us a little bit of a background of how you got started in sort of this industry? Uh, Well, so I had my own band for... I don't know, a good better part of 15 years. And uh, became friends with a lot of touring guys and did a lot of regional stuff and uh, was around it all the time. And then a friend of mine here in Detroit um, was on a uh, singing show. Um, it was The Voice. Um, and he ended up doing he – got, he got kicked off the first year. And the second year, he went all the way to runner-up. And along the way, he made a fan over in the, in the country of Jordan. The uh, Princess of Jordan liked his story and asked him to come over and do a, uh, a uh, charity event for her foundation. So he and I talked, and he asked me to help him out because gear and logistics were not his thing. So um, I helped him out, and I went, we went over to the Middle East for uh, three months toured uh, a bunch of different countries there. I came back and then shortly after he got a call from Stone Temple Pilots and uh, he did, he did the whole process. It took, I mean, that process took well over a year and we went back and forth to LA a few times. And um, when that came to fruition, we went and uh, I just went with him. We toured and I went on the tours of SCP. And then in the meantime, I, uh, I had teched for Doyle Bramhall, who's Eric Clapton's guitar player, and I had teched for Uncle Cracker, some some shows, and a uh, little Gary Hoey action a couple times. Gary's a good dude. And so <clears throat> that just kind of happened with STP, and then um, in between STP tours, I got asked to go out with Bob Seeger. So I did, I did Bob Seeger for uh, 2017. Um, and then that got cut short because he hurt his neck. So we all came home and uh, Pop Evil fired back up. We went out. We toured a lot last year. Last two years we toured a lot. And then we came home from that. And then ironically, the week that I came home, I was asked, <clears throat> Alto Reed from Bob Seger's band, his tech hurt himself. So I got a call like on a Tuesday. And by Wednesday night, I was in Philadelphia and I finished that tour. And then uh, – Came back here, and then what? We got uh, acoustic stuff we just did, and then all this COVID stuff hit. So we had a really busy year, and then COVID hit and kind of destroyed everything. So Yeah, no kidding. So yeah. to, to, to go back on the band stuff, are you still doing band stuff? No, man. I don't have, I don't have time to schedule things out because things come up so quickly. Like the acoustic tours, 
you know, I, I talked to Lee, you know, Pop Evil Singer, and it was like instant within a month, like we had an acoustic tour planned. So doing doing a band here in Detroit, you know, all the venues booked so far in advance, I just, I can't commit to it. And I don't want to be that guy that cancels, you know. So yeah. if I was only doing one band, I knew the schedule was solid and it wasn't going to change and alter, then I probably would have time to do it. But, you know, so what, what, <clears> not the cards right now. What's that? Were you the singer? Were you the singer of the I band? I sang. I played a little guitar. I wouldn't call myself a guitar player by any means, but I sang and played guitar. And um, I kind of tour managed that band locally, so to speak. That was my <laughs> thing there. So we play a lot of fairs and festivals. And yep. um, gosh, opened up for – I've been friends with the Brett Michaels guys for, I don't know, you know, over a decade we played with them. Pete, Pete their guitar player, is a really great guy. and Ray yep. and Chuck and all those guys. So play with them quite a bit. And we did some stuff. Really cool thing here at one of the casinos. We played an after show party for uh, White Snake, Tesla, and Lita Ford. Cool. And Gary Hoey was playing guitar for Lita. <clears throat> and they came in the after show party because Gary and I knew each other. And uh, Brian Titchy got up on drums. And uh, Doug, uh, Doug jumped up on, from White Snake, jumped up on the guitar and then brian rudy or not uh yeah uh no brian um oh he's gonna kill me brian from tesla jumped up he was playing too and i'm looking around and i'm singing these guys i'm like hey it's pretty rad man these guys are all seasoned pros that everybody loves you know so it was fun. an all-star band yeah i mean i was the only not all-star up there but it was fun <laughs> is is that band available can people listen to anything uh no what's the name of the band by the way monkey grinder was the name of the band uh i don't know that there's anything really online worth watching or whatever it was more of a just have fun and hang out with our buddies kind of band Mm -hmm. so it's nothing i would put point anybody to to go enjoy their saturday night listening to at this point but we had fun (laughs) at the time you know that's cool that's awesome yeah i certainly understand that you know uh you and i met because my band actually opened up for pop evil back in 2019 Uh, so that's that was very cool and uh you know i gotta say pop evil's always been one of my favorites and you know you guys were so cool i mean you you were just so laid back with everything and it was such an awesome show for us so well you know it's important i think it's important for crew guys to understand that um no matter who's on the uh, you know no matter who's on the bill everybody's equally as important everyone's got their own reasons for being there and they deserve to have a good time and you know if you were to come in and have a bad experience, I, I would have not been happy with that because, you know, you should have a good time. That's what, the, that's what it's all supposed to be about. So, right. you know, right. Right. Exactly. I have to help facilitate that. That's my job. And, and I would hope that most tour managers have the same opinion. And I think they do, um, you know, the majority at least. So the, sure. the adage of, of, of having an attitude and being cooler than somebody else, I think, is in the past, you know. We're all on the same yeah. team. We all want the shows to go good. We want the fans to have a great time because even if <clears throat> even if they're not there to see us, maybe it's your family. I want your family to have a great time, you know. Sure. So, which is ironic because my mother was there. <laughs> I remember your mom actually. Yeah, she had a blast. <laughs> I met your mom at a meet and greet, I think. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Know? Well, we were also at the Portland meet and greet the the, the yeah. next night as well. <laughs> yep, I remember. Yep, yep, Absolutely. excellent. So, can you give us sort of an overview of what a touring tech does on tour what what sort of what is the how, how does what, what's your day like for that uh well as a as a tech as a, as like a like a backline tech 
Um, it depends on like with Seeger man, that, that is such a production and it's, you know, four buses, a crew guys, band flies into those shows. So, you know, the, the riggers get there, you know, sometimes four or five o'clock in the morning to start their job and set, set the deck and all that. And, you know, it just depends on your role, but like my specific role in the last part of the Seeger run, I was Altos tech. So I am not a saxophone player, but I somehow became a saxophone tech. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he tells me exactly what he wants and you just have to mimic it every day. And it gets crazy, man. Cause that guy's got just as many saxophones as most touring guitar guys have guitars, you know? Hmm. Um, but that band is, is fantastic. They're easy to work with. They're just such professionals. Most of his band at this point are all Nashville recording guys. Uh, Rob McNally, the uh, guitar player, is actually, you know, he's on more recordings than I think most people would realize. I think he's got the number one hit. He's a guitar He's a guitar player on the number one hit in country music right now today, I believe. He did Miranda, Lam- Miranda Lambert had a number one, I think, a couple weeks ago, and he was the, he was the guitar player on that. Nice. So. Those guys are just great. So basically, man, you just go and you take care of them and make sure they're good and they're, everything's where they want it to be. And you know, it's it's you repeat you repeat yourself every day. I mean, really, you know. And then make sure the artist is good to go. And uh, every once in a while, you're lucky enough to have a friend or a family member show up in between uh, load in and showtime. Mm-hmm. So you know, and you eat a lot of barbecue. And you go to New York, you got to eat a lot of barbecue. <laughs> I can't you tell you a how wide variety of food. Dinosaur yeah. barbecue sauce I've had since I've been home. I order them and bring them home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sweet, Shelby. Uh, yeah. So, I, so one of the one of the biggest questions that a lot of people are curious about. They want to know what do you do on your days off while you're on tour? Oh man, it's different. Like a lot of times, like so with Poppy Evil, we don't get that many days off, man. Like we're running five or six shows a week. And if we have a day off, typically they're not together. Uh, you know, maybe a Monday and a Wednesday or something. And one of those days is laundry. One of those days is I go get my own hotel room and hide from everybody to decompress. Um, when you're responsible for 12 grown adults, uh, you know, <laughs> months, months straight, you kind of just need to get away. Uh, <laughs> Haley and I have this tradition when we get to the hotel on our day off, we pull out our camping chairs and we sit outside and we sit in the sun and just relax together and we have a beer and maybe one of us falls asleep. Maybe, maybe we both stay awake. We either fall asleep or we have very little conversation, but we just hang out together. So that's kind of our thing. But, um, you know, you know, Dave likes to golf and, you know, everybody's got their own thing, but um, like a Seeger, it was different because he won't do two shows in a row. So you had multiple days off. So like we went into New York city and, uh, boy, I think we had what three days off before the Madison square garden show. So, you know, my buddy Don Jameson lives there. So I hung out with him a little bit, went to his show. Um, I did a lot of touristy stuff, man. Like I had never been, uh, you know, I'd never seen the, the John Lennon, uh, tribute thing there in the park. I had never seen Statue of Liberty other than flying over it. So I kind of did that stuff. But, uh, you know, it just depends on the run and how much, how much time we have. That's so awesome. Year, last year we Buffalo Chip. Here's a good one. Last year we played Buffalo Chip uh, Pop Evil. And we've done it every year for 10 years, or they've done it every year for 10 years. 
this is the first year we didn't do it because of COVID, but yeah. uh, we went out there. Uh, we were out west. We had to fly to New York to do New York State Fair. Did that, flew back to Denver, got back on the bus, rode up to Sturgis. And we were actually in Sturgis four days before our show. It was the longest amount of time we've had off at, at one point. It was such a long time. And, uh, you know, it was cool because we stayed up. Woody owns, there's a guy named Woody, he owns Buffalo Chip. And he had us up on his property, put the bus up there in this hay field. And uh, Colt Ford had his bus up there too. And, man, I rented a car, and we did the Black Hills in the car. My wife flew out. We just we just had four days, like, I was showing her what was going on and went to shows every night. She got to see her uh, Snoop Dogg show. Theory, <laughs> Theory of Dead Man actually opened up for them, so that was fun. Those guys are wow. fantastic. Yeah, but, we uh, had them once. Yeah, they're, they're great, man. Great dudes. And their, their crew guys are great, too. If you ever get a chance, um, you ever get a chance to talk to them, they're great dudes, too. Yeah. So We're reaching out to everyone, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, man. So, 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 when, so uh, touring between, say, you know, Bob Seger versus uh, Pop Evil are two widely different styles of music, yeah. but also yeah. widely different crowds and, and yeah. sort of feelings and stuff like that. Um, when, you're, when you're the touring manager for Pop Evil, what – is your day like for that? Okay, so <laughs> my day is all over the place because I, I do so much in that band. Um, you know, I'm the first one up, and I'm usually the first one to bed because I'm exhausted. But, um, you know, I get up pretty early. I'll be up by 7 or 8. We'll get – before we even get to the venue, I'm usually talking to managers about the night before or, you know, I'll call home. That's my good time to call home and have a cup of coffee and, Get to the venue, man, and just go. It, I load in, lo, I load in my uh, my office, and you know, it's you start with with sets and day sheets and all those types of things, and then make sure everyone's got their passes, like your photo passes and whatnot. You know, it's the time to start doing that. You try to get as much as that done as you can earlier in the day because you're inevitably either going to have any somebody added later in the day, or you you'll have forgotten about somebody because there's so many people, and it's day after day after day. So, you know, running back and fixing that or whatever and checking in with the, the venue guys and, you know, the crews. Crews pretty self-sufficient. I'm really lucky. I have a really great group of guys I'm very proud of and I care about very much. And they're, they're um, very, very good at their jobs. They're very self-sufficient. So I'll go out and check on them every once in a while. Most of the time I check on them just to make sure that they're having a good day. And sometimes I make them stop and just take a breather and like, hey, man, I got a long day ahead of you. Why don't we, uh, let me step outside for five minutes, just get some fresh air, you know? So a lot of that. And then, you know, the band guys start waking up and they all have their different needs that you got to kind of attend to. And, um, you know, you might have to send runners to go get stuff or whatever, but, and then you gotta, you know, you gotta make sure you're on the big thing is timekeeping. Cause you have to make sure you're on time. So like when, when bands like yourself come, um, I want to make sure that we're ready for you. We have a space for you. You're comfortable with a dressing room area or the best available option for that at least. And uh, shit, by the time that happens, now you're already talking about VIP. So now VIP shows up and you, that's a whole other animal. And then you got to make sure the opening act starts the right time, doors start at the right time. It's just so many elements that go into it. And I don't think that people really realize. I know when I was younger, I mean, I kind of really thought like, you just showed up at a, at a shed venue or something and shit, man, shit's already there. They just come play and that's it. But 
you don't realize, man, it takes like, you know, 12 hours, 15 hours, just depends on the band of the show, but, um, you know, and then when we did so many stadium, we did a couple of um, arena tours. Almost said stadium, but arena tours. We went on Disturbed last year for a while. Man, we, that was a great tour because we could show up late. Being a supporting act, like that's great. Especially <laughs> for a band like Disturbed. Because, you know, that tour manager does a lot of the pre-work, and he advances the shows as far as for us and whatnot, too. So uh, we wouldn't have to show up until, like, I don't know, man. I think we showed up at like three o'clock and we'd be loaded in by like three. Uh, no, we would, we would dump by like three 30 and then get on deck by maybe five after distributed sound check. <clears throat> and we would go up, we'd do sound check two hours later, the doors open, we do our set and I got everything in the trailer and we're loaded out and enjoying the show, watching disturbed. So, um, tours like that are great. We did that with them. And then last year we were also out with uh, skillet and seven dust and man, every night seeing Seven Dust play, dude, those guys are so great. Such a great bunch of guys. Skillet was fantastic to us. And then, like, we went out with Nickelback last year. It was the same kind of thing, too. Just, just such good people. And then, what's fun for me and fun for the rest of the crews, and I'll, I'll speak for other people too, because I think they're all well, the same. But the camaraderie between the crews, um, the different crews. Like, I have friends on the Disturbed tour. Before I even showed up, I knew some of the guys there. Mm-hmm. Nickelback, there's a guy named Takumi. Takumi's one of the best in the business. He was Prince's guitar tech. He was, you know, so-and-so's. Like, he's, he's been all over the map. Um, he's with Bush. We were out with Bush for a couple shows in Mexico last year. And then, you know, there's another guy, Tom Weber. Tom Weber is C.C. DeVille's guitar tech. Well, he's out with Bush. And, you know, I talked to him. I've talked to him this whole time off. Same thing with Takumi. Like, the camaraderie between the crews is amazing. Like, it's, it's such a healthy environment for the guys that are actually on buses to be able to call other crews and just, you know, have a laugh or, you know, you can have the same bitch, but, like, kind of understand each other that you're not really bitching. You just need to get off your chest. And um, <laughs> We're familiar with that here. Yeah, man. It, you know, <laughs> in venues is the same way, man. Like, you guys at venues, you know, you – you guys being at the same venue, you guys all have your camaraderie. I mean, look what you're doing now. You have this the show, right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it, it, it's something special. Music is something special, and it's not just on the music level. It's on the, the personal level, you know? it's it's. I don't know what I'd do without it, to be honest. So you, you've got a great you pers- track your actual question, but... No, no, it's okay. It's, it's very interesting. We're, we're glad to hear it all. Uh, your perspective, though, is, is fantastic with the, your group of people well, that you tour with. Is, yeah, you're I mean, you're saying example, very fair to work for and, and, and just a regular, decent guy. Yeah, so. I appreciate that. Uh, like an example, you guys talk to Sanjay. Sanjay is a great buddy of mine. Um, he came out to where we might, we played in, um, we played with Skillet Seven Dust in Arizona last summer, and they shined out having to be off. And he came out to the show, man. It was good just to hang out with him, not the show vibe. He didn't have his camera in his hands. He could just chill and, like, sit in a chair. We had conversations. His buddy was there. Man, they're just great dudes. Like, even we came home <clears throat> from this acoustic tour we did in, um, gosh, when it was, I guess it was January. And Royal Tusk, friends of ours that are from Canada, were in town. And uh, I saw Hoogie there. So Hoogie's one of the guitar, he's one of the, he's a bass tech for Shinedown, right? So I ran into him there and like, you know, it's just, you run into these guys and you make these friendships that you may not see these guys for six months because you haven't run across them. But the minute you do, it's like, 
the brotherhood's there, you know, or the brotherhood sisterhood or, you know, whatever the case may be, it's just there. And it's, it's special, man. It's special. It's, it's a different level. It's cool. Well, let me ask one more question and I'll turn it over to him. But, uh, so when you're on the, on the road with, uh, pop evil, how, how many crew members do you, are you touring with? Um, it depends on the actual tour because sometimes we have a photographer that comes with us full time and that person also will take over social media for the run. Um, or at least, you know, provide most of the content and, and do most of that. Um, there's other people that still help. Um, you know, I haven't had a lighting tech, so I don't have that space filled, but my bus is 12, 12 deep. I have, I have 12 people on the bus, but that's with the band. So, um, I have seven crew guys total, including myself. And, uh, you know, we, we just bust hump at some point, maybe we'll get a crew bus and a band bus and I'll be able to up my crew guys a little bit, but they work hard, man. And they're, they're, they're just good dudes. I don't, I can't say enough about them to be honest with you. So I excellent show too, by the way, I I couldn't help it over here. You said you need a lighting tech. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> little fun fact i originally went to college for lighting design and theater that was what my pursuit and passion was going to be and i switched over to a business management degree um but yeah man i used to do You're like photo- wasn't, right i'm a photog now but yeah i used to be a master electrician for uh, shows that would come into our local theater down at the college campus and yeah yeah man my uh, photography business is called catching light that's like that's like yeah. my favorite thing in life is lighting so so, so you're the guy. You're the guy that gets why a lighting guy puts on the the greens or the reds right when you don't want them on. I know they do it. <laughs> we sure. all know that. We all know about that one. Yeah. That's for sure. We actually have an episode dedicated to that. <laughs> or the infamous. Uh, I'll tell you a funny lighting story thing that seems to be true no matter where I go, and a lot of my other uh, buddies will tell you the same thing. For whatever reason, every time it's time to do line check. That seems to be about the right point of the day, no matter what tour you're on, that the lighting tech is just about ready to do strobe check. <laughs> always the same time. You're like up there trying to make sure somebody's guitar is good. All of a sudden, you got strobe in your face everywhere. And they don't do it on purpose. It's not an intentional thing. It just happens yeah. to be that point in the day where they're ready to make sure the strobes work. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man. I, I watched, I watched a buddy of mine, Bobby O., Bobby O was with uh, Motley Crue for years. He's been a mixed guy for like 30 years. But he was on Seeger with us. And uh, one of the lighting guys, I think, was just going through making sure everything was on and some strobe hit or something. And I never seen somebody just bellow out, turn that shit off. <laughs> as loud as he did. He's an old timer, too. It was great, man. But, yeah. So you, you understand that. You understand yeah. that the bad colors at the wrong times. Oh, so man. many count, so many sleepless <laughs> nights during tech week being behind a light board and, and just being in the theater by myself, putting on individual lights, seeing where I wanted things to come up. Now that was for theater. Um, I know it's probably much different for concert, but that's, that's definitely a realm that I understand and, and have a great appreciation for is the lighting side of things. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a different world. Those guys are uh, very creative with very limited, you know, they only have so many, uh, uh, you know, fixtures. Yeah, they get creative with them. It's it's pretty amazing technology, even with the the different digital boards and whatnot that they have now. You know, mm-hmm. on deck and whatever. So, cool cool technology. Now you had mentioned before the about um, photographer the lining up uh, house photographers. Um, 
Do you ever run into problems with the house photographers at different venues? Man, not really. Like everybody that's, I think it's like with anything else, if you're doing it long enough and you're doing it enough, you kind of know what to do and what not to do and what you can get away with and what you can't get away with certain venues. So like I'll use machine shop as an example, probably, you know, every band you've ever thought of has gone through the machine shop at this point, you know, in their younger career, anybody from 2000s to now at least. And, uh, you know, there's a guy there, Minty, and he's about the only guy I know that can get away with just about anything anywhere because <laughs> he's been around the hailstorms and the shine downs and the pop evils and the, you know, you name it since they were like baby bands, you know, first on the bill. And so he's developed that relationship over the years and he'll travel to go see guys and stuff. But for the most part, man, like, you know, guys know, like be respectful to the band and, and, you know, you guys don't want bad work. The band doesn't yeah. want bad work put out. And it's, it, that's a mutual thing, obviously. But, um, you know, um, I haven't really had any problems. I don't get guys to get up on the deck out of, in the way. Um, nobody's, I don't have my sound guy yelling at me, you know, this guy's in there in my area or nothing. I don't, people are respectful, I think for the most part. And if they're not, you know, it's, it's, Maybe I have had a couple, I guess, but yeah, it's just one of those you ask them, hey, man, that's it for today. I hope you got some good ones. You got to be polite about it because maybe they oh, don't yeah. know. Or maybe they don't know what they can get away with. You know, I, don't, right. I can't. Yeah, yeah we, see, work we all work together, too, and we do this for three songs and get out of there. And But we've run into some where they've, hey, you, you can't post that picture. You, you know, let's see the card or. Yeah. Uh, so. Or you forget you're on the fourth song and they, oh, you yeah. spaced it and then you get the tap on the shoulder and it's like, okay, yeah. No. But yeah, you probably have some bands that allow you to stay out a little longer once in a while, right? Mm. Or is your venue your venue just cuts it off? Uh, I've never run it's into that seven. personally. and I've Step been there six the, years. Yeah. Yeah, Kids Bop, that's the only one. The, <laughs> <laughs> Kids Bop, yeah. yeah. It's usually set by the touring manager. I mean, our mm. venue is very specific. The tour, the tour manager sets all the rules for everything pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, Alice Cooper let us do uh, four sh- four songs, yeah. and they allowed us to be in the pit and stuff like that. Generally, it's always you know front of house, which is over by the soundboard, and you got two to three songs. That's the general consensus for most of them. But I guess it really depends on you know how active I want to say how youthful that band is as well, because I find the youthful newer bands are hungry for more social sure. media. St- yeah. Whereas the more seasoned bands are like, we we already got our guy, so we don't really need you, so to speak. I don't want right. to say need you. You know what I mean? Now, when you have they a feel tour- like they're covered if you don't get good shots. Yeah, oh, right, yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Now, when at you- that point, man, you're just doing it out of you love doing it, and it's for oh, the yeah. venue. And, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and our job is really the fan experience. Our job is really to get the fan. We do a lot of tailgate and stuff like that. Sure. And then if the band allows well, it, we get to fun's that, band. man. It, it can be fun. We get lots. Of, like you said, fun, we get exactly. lots of barbecue out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you one. Of, you say that about the fan thing. One of my favorite things to do. I do this, and I, I probably have other things I could be doing at this point. But um, you know, I've made a point with Pop Evil that before doors open, I go check to make sure my crew's good, everybody's good. Make sure the opening bands are good. They've all got their. I don't let anybody open the doors until both. You know, if we, hit, if we have two opening bands, I want everyone to have at least a good solid sound check. So I try not to ever let that happen to opening band where they don't get a sound check. Um, 
But I'll go at the front door and I'll be like, all right, we're ready. And as soon as they say they're ready there, I'll walk out the line, man. I walk down the line. I shake as many hands mm. as I can and say thanks for coming. And, uh, you know, I enjoy that face-to-face with the fans too. And I can't get it on stage because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not the band. So I'll try to get it there. And then, you know, it's, you see some familiar faces and they keep coming back. And I really enjoy doing that. I, I'll at least get through like 100 and then – I got other things I got to, I have to go get done, but, um, you know, it's just, it's just fun to walk the line to and different aspect from what you're doing, but you know, same kind of catch it, catching them outside and watching that anticipation and they're all having fun. And so now when you huge. have a, when you have a uh, photographer touring with you, do you, uh, does the band ever want to go through the photos before they get out on social media or do they yeah, just so with pop evil, uh, our, you know, boy, I think we've had four different photographers since I've been with them. And they're, they're asked as soon as a show's over to go find a space, whether it be in a dressing room or on the bus or, you know, somewhere that they can concentrate and like go through what they think are the garbage ones to get rid of them. Cause let's be honest, man, you'll take 20, 20 pictures and maybe you only like there's only two that you really like because the light was yep. perfect, you know, whatever. Yeah, and sure. are but um, so they they're asked to do it quickly because they want to put up the photos, like you know the top one or two or three photos of the night, and they want they want to thank the crowd for being there. So they're they're going back through them right away. And when we get on the bus to start rolling, or even sometimes before that, Lee will go look at the photos and say, "I like these ones. Let's use these ones. Can you send these ones to me right now?" And the rest of them get put away for, you know, other usage, maybe, you know, uh, promotional or whatever. But, you know, Lee's very involved and he takes ownership of making sure that the product is what he wants coming out, which I have a lot of respect for that. You know, I know that I don't know if Brent Brent from Shinedown does that to that degree, but I know that he's very involved and has has his hands dirty in, as, in regards to everything that's going on too. I got to respect guys and bands that do that because, you know, some guys will call it in and they'll just say, Hey, go do your thing and they'll leave it be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it's not, maybe it's not what they would choose. So um, with pop evil, he picks the stuff right away. So cool. I just got a quick question for you, kind of on the same topic real quick. Um, now, and maybe you can't speak for everybody in the industry, but maybe some people do bands like seeing their photos? So us as photographers, obviously that's our passion and we love it. And so if we do a show, a lot of times if we have permission, we'll put our photo on Instagram or social media and try to tag the band. Do they actually like, you know, enjoy looking at those photos and they're like, wow, that was a cool shot from our show tonight. Or they kind of just go about their days and not as important to them. My experience with the people I've been with, you know, I'm not going to include Seeger because I don't know if Seeger even gets online. I mean, he's 73, <laughs> but um, I know the rest of the band, Silver Bullet, a lot of them would re, re they would repost things and, and, yeah. and give the photo credit or whatever, you know. And <clears throat> I know that uh, band members have with Pop Evil. Um, I know when I was with Stone Temple Pilots, uh, it was the same thing. A lot, Robert, a lot of times, would repost a cool photo if you saw it and he'd give the person the credit. Um, so I, I, I would venture to say yes. That's cool. Um, my experience at least has been that way. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I certainly go out there. I know that 
you know, if you go like an Instagram, you can look for the hashtags and mm-hmm. they all pop up. And sometimes, man, there's some really good ones. Even the fans sometimes on their phones will catch a really mm-hmm. special moment, you know, that one in a million picture that it's like, oh, wow, that's a really good one for a phone, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> I think people do. I was, I'm always told it wasn't so much a seeker, but it was Stone Temple Pilots and Pop Evil Bull were like, hey, man, just – if you get a chance, you can flip, flip some great pictures on your phone. Go ahead. And uh, Scott Hall, the drum tech for STP, has a perfect vantage point because in that van, he sits behind Eric, and he can always stand up and take that nice little quick shot of the crowd. Yeah. He always would get some really great crowd shots from the stage. And that, the band always liked those and used those a lot while I was there. And uh, I try to do the same thing for Pop Evil, but to be honest, I'm running around doing bass changes. Yeah. I'm checking on front of house. So every once in a while, I'll get a couple of good ones. But the nice thing about having local local guys that, that know the venue is they know the good angles for that particular venue. And um, we can rely on them, you know. Like, if I don't get a good shot, at least maybe we can find one online and say thanks for the shot, give credit, you know. So Now, now Shelby, you've obviously been around this business for a long time. Um, you toured the world, I would imagine. Can you give us some favorite tour venues that you've been to and maybe some that are not so favorable? All right. So I'd be remiss to say that um, if, if I did not start off with saying the machine shop is by far my favorite venue of its size because the personality there, the owner, the, the staff, um, watching young bands develop into the bands they are now, like a Shinedown, a, a Pop Evil, a Hailstorm, uh, like a storm, like all these bands that are, you know, you know, are, are on that on that trail on the way up, or, or have already been there. Um, Seven Dust, like all those guys have been through there. The history there, that place now reminds me, and I think a lot of people would agree. Uh, it's it's the CBGB of today, and it's the Whiskey a Go Go of today. Um, <laughs> you know, no matter where you go in the world, if you're at a at a, at a uh, concert venue somewhere or you're at a festival somewhere you'll see crew guys band guys whoever they're all got machine shop sticker they got the machine shop hoodie they got the machine shop shirt you know on their work box they got a sign or whatever that venue is special because of kevin and i would put that place at the top list just because of because of that now that aside the favoritism aside because of how i feel about the place um as the square gardens on my birthday last year was incredible i'll never forget it mm. It was the second-to-last Bob Seger show that he may ever do. Um, my buddy Don Jameson came, hung out with me for a little bit. Um, Miranda Lambert was a guest of mine. She came out. Um, her, her tour manager, production manager, great people. Got to, got to see them, friends of ours, you know. Um, so Square, Madison Square Gardens was incredible. Um, probably the most neat venue I ever did. Um, that I really liked is in Amman, Jordan, actually. Um, we did a an old Roman Empire-type rock structure um, that had never been done before, and uh, they don't have concerts there, and they brought in these – brought in on the staging and the lighting, and it, it was just an incredible event. And I don't think I don't think that could ever be re- repeated that way. So that what one was cool. Was that? Uh, that was with Jeff Goot. So that was before he was with Sun Devil Pilots. Oh, okay. So we went over there and did that three months. I think we did what we do, Turkey and India and um, 
gosh, where were else? Egypt, Jordan. We were all over the place. Wow. So, yeah, it was cool. So you don't sound like you're home much. (laughs) You know, no. And this summer's been amazing as far as being home and I get to get on the motorcycle and spend time with my wife and spend time with the kids. It's been great. It's been really great, to be honest. That's good. Now, uh, this name might sound familiar to you, Matthew Schaefer. Oh, Matt, yes. (laughs) Give us some background on Matthew Schaefer. Uh, He lives about And how he got his name. Um. You know, I don't know how he got his name. I mean, I guess maybe maybe Bob named him. I don't know. I mean, Kid Rock might have named him. I'm not sure. But is he, he, is he relative of, of Kid Rock, do you know? No, man. They all grew up in this area. We all we all are in the same area. So Matt actually lives uh, probably about two or three miles from me. I'm okay. He's over on the water. Got a really nice place in the water. Um, uh, his guitar player is one of my best friends, and he's, you know, we we all joke around and um, he's another one friends with machine shop guys and that whole that whole thing and the Michigan guys all kind of stick together and you know he's got great musicians in there Shanna Kerfman and uh, Jimmy Bones and all kinds of guys in that band so um, it is ironically I think it was 20 years I think Matt posted today 20 years ago uh, 20 years ago was his was the uh debut for uh, no actually it was 22 years ago i think for double without a cause record that came out with right. kid rock and then i think his his first solo album came out like two years later so it was yeah. 22 years ago for the kid rock record and then um 20 years ago for matt's first solo record so hey, if you think of that he's been uh did he also have like? Wasn't that on the soundtrack for like a, a couple movies or something like that too, as well, or something like? Well, that? he did the one song right with Kenny with Kenny Chesney, uh, when the sun goes down or whatever that. Mm-hmm. Oh right, was that for yeah, like yeah, Shanghai yeah. Noon yeah. or something like that? Yeah, or something. Yeah, he did that, and then um, I think you might be thinking of uh, Smash Mouth did with Shrek. Uh, that what you're thinking of? No, no, definitely with, not. No, but, which is funny because <laughs> Matt and Steve are really good friends, so they they done oh, some okay. together, so. Well, one uh, other question as far as names are concerned. How did Pop Evil get the name? Do you know? You think I would because Lee has told the story 800 times while I'm yeah. around him, like in VIPs and stuff. <laughs> um, you know, I think if – don't quote me on this, but I think he says, um, you know uh, – now I don't even want to say because I don't. Want, I'll mess it all up. He'll get mad at me. <laughs> if he's uh, watching this, <laughs> he's yeah, going to yeah. be like, "Come on, dude!" He'll <laughs> be making I'll a phone call real soon. And he's going to give me a hard time because I didn't. I didn't remember, but he's told the story so many times. I think I've at one point, too, at one, yeah. I think he'll even tell you at one point. He kind of questioned, "Man, should I name it this?" And they already had it that way, and then it was like they just kind of kept it. So. Hey, thanks for watching part one of our interview with Shelby Hansen. You can check out a new episode every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our YouTube channel and TalesFromThePit.net. We'll see you next time.